Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, automizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Price Picks. They also have a slick, easy-to-use mobile app both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com, and when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I have Mississippi State's Zach Arnett. And guys, I think this one is pretty self-explanatory. When you are a brand new head coach in the SEC, you know, you think about it two years ago, Shane Beamer was at the bottom of this list, fairly or unfairly. 
when you are a brand new head coach. And oh, by the way, you've never been a head coach before. That's the big kicker, right? You've never been a head coach before. And Zach Arnett, say all the great things about him, right? I was able to ask him a question. Great coach, great dude. But there's just a lot of unknowns. Everything right now for Zach Arnett is an unknown. He has come in and radically changed things up, obviously thrust into a situation that none of us expected with the passing of the late, great Mike Leach, the pirate, as he was known as. Zach Arnett is changing up the offense completely, going from Leach's traditional air raid to a more pro-style type of system under Kevin Barbe. Is that going to work? Again, I think the answer to that question is going to very much so dictate where Zach Arnett is ranked on this list next season. My big question for Arnett is this. Is he the long-term answer in Starkville? Because on one hand, I think it's a situation where Mississippi State is a lot like South Carolina. And getting a guy in there who believes in it, who believes in Starkville, who believes in MSU and believes what they can be, not what they've always been, I think that's really important. So Zach Arnett, he is a Mississippi State guy. But it doesn't mean he's going to be a successful head coach for the long haul. And so I just wonder, though, does he have a similar year one to like what a what a Shane Beamer had in Columbia, where his teams are maybe playing above their talent level, playing with a new sense of belief and this chip on their shoulder. And certainly, we're all expecting the Bulldogs to do that as they honor the late, great Mike Leach. But for for right now, guys, understandably so, you have to list Zach Arnett at number 14 because he's nothing but a big question mark right now as he goes into his first head season as not just Mississippi State's head coach, but his first season being a head coach in college football. Next on the list at number 13, the Florida Gators' Billy Napier. And Billy Napier's a guy, I think over the next year or two, two or three years, could rocket up this list. Because the potential is there. You look at the way Billy Napier is recruiting right now. At an elite level. I think if Florida is patient, there are a lot of reasons to believe why Billy Napier can succeed. He can win at a high level. Will he get the time necessary? That's yet to be determined. And you also look at last year, and of course, guys, again, on today's show, we did the opponent preview series talking to Neil Shulman of In All Kinds of Weather.com. And he, he made a great point, by the way, about Florida last year. Six and seven in year one, three and five in SEC play. You lose your final three games. You lose to Vanderbilt in year one. But if you look back at year one of his tenure, the majority of guys that popped the majority of guys that made major impacts and return in year two of Billy Napier are his guys. They are guys that followed Billy Napier from where he was at Louisiana from the Sun Belt or different guys he pulled in the portal or true freshmen or what have you, and they popped. If Billy Napier is able to show in this year, in year two, if, if he's number one, if he can overachieve, he's got to. Over-under is five and a half. If he can overachieve those numbers, some more of his guys take center stage and Graham Mertz maybe plays a little bit better than we're expecting, I think Billy Napier certainly, he's got the potential to rocket up this list as well. 
But right now, what you get on a Napier, it's just a lot of unknowns, guys. It, it's a lot of unknowns. Year two is a pivotal year. Year three will also be a pivotal year. But right now, just because you're a successful Sunbelt coach doesn't mean you deserve to be, obviously, in the top half in regards to SEC coaches. And at a school like Florida, there's no excuse. You should win. You have the resources. You have the facilities. You have the fan support. Right now, it looks like you've got the NIL as well. There's no excuse. Massive year upcoming for Billy Napier. Right now, he is ranked 13th on my list. Coming in at number 12, Missouri's Eli Drinkwitz, the Jeff Fisher of college football, because all this guy does is go 500. That's all he does. They just signed him to a contract extension, which I think is was a questionable move, to say the least. If there's any coach in the SEC, guys, because I'll tell you this, Billy Napier's not getting fired. There are 31 million reasons why Billy Napier will not be fired at season's end. Eli Drinkwitz is the one that I think you could see potentially, even after the extension, which, whatever, guys. I mean, money's not real in the SEC. We all know that. If if, If a school wants a coach gone, they'll make it happen. Eli Drinkwitz is one of those. And I promise I'm not coming off as a salty Gamecock fan because some Mizzou folks are going to look at that and say, oh, he, you know, he's salty because, you know, Missouri's own South Carolina. That's not really it. But he is the Jeff Fisher of college football. Death taxes and Eli Drinkwitz going 500. I mean, you can bank on it. And we've heard a lot of talk. Not so much hype necessarily because they were picked by the media to finish sixth in the SEC East. But we've heard the chatter about returning production on the defensive side. And if they can figure it out offensively, you know, they could win eight, nine, ten games, right? Cousin Shane from that SEC podcast has ten games. But they're being looked at as a potential breakout team in the SEC. Could be an eight-win team in the SEC this year. Could finish third, maybe second in the East. If they fail to make a bowl game, I think Eli Drinkwitz is a guy that could really be facing some serious pressure and maybe lose his job. I don't think it's likely. I don't think it's likely, but it could happen. And so with that being said, until Missouri has that breakout season and Eli Drinkwitz shows that he's not just what he's always been there, I think ranking him 12th in the SEC I think it's fair. I I think it's very fair. Um, You know, certainly you could interchange with some others that we're going to talk about here shortly, but until Eli Drinkwitz shows anything differently than what he's already been, I I think 12th in the SEC is more than fair. He's got to prove that he's not the Jeff Fisher of college football, which he has shown to this point that he is. Number 11 on my list. And it's funny, the guys in the Discord were talking about that C. Philly is our local Clark Lee stand. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. I've got Clark Lee much higher on my list than many others. I've got Clark Lee of Vanderbilt at number 11. Number one, love what Clark Lee is all about. Again, was able to ask him a question at SEC Media Days. and But you hear this guy talk about Vanderbilt football. And I really respect it. I, I, I respect the hell out of it. Because he's saying things like, we want to have the best program in college football. Five and seven's not good enough. That's not our standard. He does not talk like a coach. That is the head coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores. We'll just say that. 
year one of his tenure was was rough, to say the least. Last year, guys, you beat Kentucky and you beat Florida. And I don't think, and if, if you're, let me put it this way, if you're a coach that you can bring Vanderbilt into a season, and I know they were picked to finish seven by the media, they're going to be picked to finish seventh. I mean, that that's a given. But you're at least making people think about it. That's saying something, in my opinion. That's saying something. He's a Vanderbilt guy, and I think to get Vandy out of the cellar, it's going to take a guy like a Clark Lee. It's going to take a Clark Lee who has been there. He's cut his teeth at that program. Again, similar to Shane Beamer. Cut his teeth at that program. He believes in what it can be. They're finally starting to invest in facilities and different things. You know, Clark Lee talked about at SEC Media Days, the pains of progress. The pains of progress. He even talked about a story talking about, you know, that uh, he heard the, the jackhammer going on outside of his office. And, you know, that reminded him of the pains of progress. I'm not saying that Vanderbilt's going to be a consistent year in, year out, you know, bowl game type of team. I- I'm not saying that. What I am saying, I think Clark Lee could be a coach that gets Vanderbilt football to a point where <clears throat> we no longer look at Vandy as an automatic win, as is evidenced to last year when they beat Florida and Kentucky. Two teams, by the way, who were much more talented than them. So Clark Lee is obviously getting the most out of his guys. We'll see how the Commodores fail, this, or fail, how they fare this year, my apologies. How the Commodores fare this year, but I like what Clark Lee's doing in Nashville. And I think when you look at Clark Lee versus Eli Drinkwitz, Billy Napier, whatever, Clark Lee's doing more with less, guys. And that moves you up my list. As we move to number 10 on my list, we go to Fayetteville. Sam Pittman of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Last season really knocked Sam Pittman down this list. Going 6-6. Six and six. I, I know that K.J. Jefferson was dealing with injury, didn't have him the whole season. They really felt the repercussions of that. I'm really curious to see what Arkansas looks like going from Kendall Bryles to this Dan Enos offense. Because we've heard mixed reviews, guys. Honestly, you talk to folks and they say, K.J. Jefferson, best quarterback in the SEC. We ranked at number one. Best quarterback in the SEC. He's going to thrive. He's going to flourish. You talk to some other people and they say, you know, how is K.J. Jefferson going to handle this new offense where maybe a little bit more is put on his shoulders, a little bit more is expected of him. It's not as simple as the spread and being at the mesh point and reading that. Now he's got reads. Now he's got checks. He's got things he's got to do with the line of scrimmage. Maybe they weren't asking him to do last year or any of the previous couple of years. How that OC hire works, and we've heard this before, how that OC hire works is going to go a long, long way, and not just determining where Sam Pittman ranks on this list, but his future in Fayetteville, to be transparent. Sam Pittman is a culture guy. He's an Arkansas guy. Guys, he's got a hog statue in his backyard. And besides Shane Beamer, I think he's probably the most liked head coach in the SEC. Everybody wants to see Sam Pittman succeed. And I think he's done a great job. I mean, you look at what he's done with that Arkansas program, the way it was left in ruins by Chad Morris, which is just a dirty word, guys, if not a dirtier word in Fayetteville than Will Muschamp is in Columbia. What he's done in his short time there, you got to tip your cap, truly. 
winning three games in 2020. That felt like a huge victory in 2021. And maybe Pittman's a victim of his own expectations because in 2021, you win nine games. You pop off. I mean, year three, you're expected to keep it going. College football fans don't like going backwards, but that's what they did last year going six and six. So this is a big year for Sam Pittman. Right now, I got him 10th on my list, but again, one of the most likable guys in college football in the SEC, most certainly. Got to show you something this year, though, with that hiring of Dan Enos and a new a new DC as well. Getting the coordinator hires right is pivotal for Sam Pittman. At number nine on our list, the Auburn Tigers own, and he's back in the SEC, Hugh Freeze. And one of the reasons, guys, that Hugh Freeze is so high up this list. And one of the reasons why you're going to see Hugh Freeze ranked highly in these preseason head coach rankings lists is because of this. There are very few men out there, very few coaches who have beaten Nick Saban. There are even less that have beaten Nick Saban multiple times. Hugh Freeze is one of them. There's a reason that everyone of the last couple of years was asking, when's Hugh Freeze coming back to the SEC? When's Hugh Freeze coming back to SEC football? One of the most highly sought-after coaches. Really, the question was just, when's the SEC going to allow him back in, right? When's the SEC going to remove their block on him and allow him to take an SEC job? And the time is now with the Auburn Tigers. I think that Auburn is one of those programs, one of those teams that... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We might look up in three or four years and all of a sudden, you're going to see that Auburn logo right there at the top of the SEC West. I think it's only a matter of time. Hugh Freeze has won everywhere he has been. He was very successful at Ole Miss. And listen, I understand. He made mistakes. He paid for those. He paid for those dearly when he lost his job and had to leave the conference. From everything we've heard, it sounds like he's learned from those mistakes and he's ready to move on, move forward, 
and be the best version of himself, not just as a person, but a head football coach also. I think Auburn got a damn good one. And again, he ranks at number nine on my list. Moving to number eight. And I've been catching a lot of hell this morning for this one. The Gamecocks, very own Shane Beamer at the number eight spot. Let me explain this one, guys. Again, this is one of those coaches where this season could send his ranking a number of different ways. If South Carolina matches last year's win total or, or God forbid, exceeds it, Shane Beamer's got to be talked about as a top five head coach in the SEC. He has to be. He absolutely has to be. Right now, I've got him at number eight. Now, let's try to understand these rankings. There are a lot of good head coaches, guys. I'm not sitting here saying that any of these head coaches are not good at all. They stink. They should be fired today. But it's very competitive, as is the SEC. So Shane Beamer in his first two seasons. Yeah, overachieve in year one. Win the Dukes Mayo Bowl, win seven games. Yeah, overachieve in year two. Back-to-back wins over top 10 teams. Lose your, your, your bowl game to Notre Dame. Either way, though, you still, you overachieve. Coming into year three, whether it pops or not is really going to determine whether he moves up this list. There are guys ahead of him, guys, that are just more established. They've been coaching longer. They've been doing it longer. There's a couple that have won national championships. Those things matter. It's great. Hey, you had two great first years. Awesome. You were also terrible for 90% of last year. So, we need to see in year three, is it going to be more of what we saw in the first nine or ten games, or is it going to be more of what we saw in the final three? Getting the Dowell Loggins higher right. Shane Beamer's, I think, future in Columbia. I think Shane Beamer's reputation as a head coach, I think it rests on that. I love what SEC Mike says on that SEC podcast when he says, You can really start to judge coaches and learn about coaches when they have to make coordinator hires. What type of hire do they make? How does it work out when they've got to fire and hire coordinators? Because you swung and missed on your first OC. We all agree on that. You swung and missed. This second one can't be a swing and miss. Dabble Loggins has to be the guy. He's got to be the right hire. And I'm not saying, guys, you got to win eight games for Shane Beamer to stay at where he's at or move up the list. You could have a better football team and win seven games this year. Heck, you could have a better football team, arguably win six football games. Shane Beamer is middle of the pack for a couple of reasons. Again, he has done more with less. He has overachieved. Got to see that consistency from this South Carolina team. And there are just folks ahead of him that are longer tenured. They've got more of a resume. And one of them is at number seven. As we continue in our list, number seven, Oh, Mrs. Lane Kiffin. And listen, while while Kiffin's SEC Media Days appearance was forgettable, to say the least, Lane Kiffin's a guy, he's done this for a while, man. He's got a reputation. You know what you're getting in Lane. You're getting high-flying offense. What he's done with the Ole Miss program, taking them to a 10-win season, something that had never been done in Oxford before. And while his antics may be, you know, questionable at times, Lane Kiffin's got his own style. He's got his own way of doing things. He's still one of the best coaches. When it comes to making an offensive game plan, if I got one coach or a couple of coaches, whatever, like he's at the top of the list when you're talking about, okay, I need an offensive game plan to go out and win a football game. Lane Kiffin's right there. 
you think about his previous experiences, he got the seal of approval from a guy like Nick Saban. That also helps a lot, too. When you look at the resume, his tenure, I got Lane Kiffin at number seven on my list. Moving to number six, and of course, we're in the top half now with the SEC head coaches. Number six, Kentucky's Mark Stoops. And this is one, again, Gamecock fans are just going, going crazy right now. Guys, he is going into his 11th season in Lexington. We're talking about overachieving and what Beamer has done. Mark Stoops has been doing what Beamer's doing for 10 years. He's been doing it for a decade. That puts you ahead of a Shane Beamer who's only going into his third season. Bottom line. Mark Stoops has done with Kentucky what many of us thought was impossible. He's made them a real threat in the SEC East. I, guys, was honestly surprised that South Carolina was picked ahead of Kentucky in the SEC's media predictions because, dude, Kentucky, what they've done building up the cachet in South Carolina typically doesn't get that level of respect. Yes, they had a down year last year. I understand. But we're talking about a Kentucky program. They're making bowl games on a consistent basis. Not just that. They're winning seven, eight, nine games at times. They've won 10 games the last couple of years. They're winning bowl games left and right. I mean, Mark Stoops has completely changed Kentucky football. Now, as some have pointed out in big games against ranked opponents, he has struggled. But to not have Mark Stoops in your top half of SEC coaches, I think is a mistake. At number five, and I tell you guys, of all of the coaches that I listed, this is the one I felt the most icky about. Jimbo Fisher of Texas A&M. All the scrutiny, all the criticism is fair. It is. It's fair. Because you look at what Texas A&M did last year, going five and seven. With all the talent they have, absurd. It's absurd that Texas A&M went five and seven. It is. This is a huge year for Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies. You hire Bobby Petrino to be your OC. Can Jimbo get his ego out of the way and let Bobby call plays? If he can, and A&M wins a couple games, they obviously show improvement from last year. They get to that 8-9 win mark, maybe 10, whatever, have a breakout season, then this ranking is justified. They win five or six games again. I wouldn't put Jimbo Fisher in the top 10. I wouldn't let Jimbo Fisher touch my football team because it's it's malpractice at that point. With all the talent you have all over the field, the way they've recruited, if they don't win at minimum, I'd say eight games. It's malpractice. It's truly malpractice at that point. This is the ranking. This is the spot I felt the most icky about because Jimbo Fisher, he's got a national title, though. That matters, guys. I don't care how long ago it was. You're a national championship Head coach. There's not many of those out there actively in college football. So his reputation more so, more than anything, puts Jimbo Fisher in this spot. Admittedly, though, it's the one I felt the most icky about. And if they don't break out this season, Jimbo Fisher won't even be in my top 10 this time next year. And number four, I've got Tennessee's Josh Heupel. Many of you will be upset about that. I really don't give a damn. Josh Heupel has shown at every stop Elite offense. I mean, it's it's just the trademark of Josh Heupel. They're going to be elite on offense. If Tennessee can improve defensively, I think right now, unless Joe Milton is a bust, 
they're probably the fourth best team in the SEC. They are my pick. They were my pick for number two in the SEC East. They are my pick for number two in the SEC East. And I think that Josh Heupel, when you look at what he's done with Tennessee in his first two years, guys, this is a program that was dead for over a decade. It is no small thing, no small feat, what he has done with that Tennessee football program early on in his tenure. For that reason, I got him fourth on the list. At number three, LSU's Brian Kelly. You come in this league and you win the SEC West and take down Nick Saban in year number one? Guys, that's impressive. I mean, that's damn impressive. He's an assassin. He's a killer, as my guy Blake Rafino of AYS Sports likes to say. The way they're recruiting, the way they're building, LSU, I mean, just flip a switch, man. Flip a switch. They've got all the resources. They've got the facilities. they got everything you need down there to win at a high level. Brian Kelly, I thought he was a great hire. I know everybody was talking about culture fit, and does he really fit with LSU? You know, is, is he going to fit in there after Edo? I think those questions have been answered. Brian Kelly, number three on my list. At number two, down to Tuscaloosa we go, Nick Saban. Right now, Nick Saban is the second best coach in the SEC. This is the GOAT. This is the greatest of all time. But right now in the SEC, right now, he's second. Alabama showed signs of, I don't know. They showed signs of mortality last year, the way they were playing. Because it's not just about the fact they went 10-2, and two, guys. It's the fact they looked sloppy. I mean, Alabama looked sloppy last year in the regular season. It was not what we were used to when it comes to the Crimson Tide. Tons of penalties, mental mistakes. And now, Nick Saban is depending on Tommy Reese from Notre Dame. You lose Bryce Young on the offensive side at quarterback. You lose Will Anderson on the defensive side. Big season upcoming for Nick Saban. And number one, guys, Georgia's Kirby Smart. Georgia's Kirby Smart. You're the back-to-back national champions, man. What Do I really need to explain this one? They have turned into what Alabama was. Bottom line. They've turned into what Alabama was. Simply put. They've built a monster in Athens. And just the simple fact that we're talking about Georgia winning three straight national championships, and them being the favorite. Guys, that hasn't been done in over 90 years. The fact we're even talking about it, it shows you the job that Kirby Smart has done in his tenure in Athens, and he well deserves to be ranked as the number one head coach in the SEC entering the 2023 football season. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.